If there's one thing that could bring bitter rivals Apple and Google together, it's the threat of the coronavirus. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With me is CNET's very own Ian Schur, a veteran tech reporter and teller of dad jokes. <laughs> Ian, can you tell me what Apple and Google announced on Friday? Yeah, Apple and Google are working together, apparently, on new software and technology to make it easier for people to create apps that will be able to help with something called contact tracing. This idea that uh, you can actually identify who has a virus, in this case, uh, the COVID virus, and then they're able to actually track who came in contact with these people and basically uh, track as it keeps spreading out and hopefully warn people ahead of time so they can stay isolated. Right. And we talked a little bit about uh, contact tracing last week. And in fact, you know, a couple of researchers from MIT and a number of other uh, schools are working on a sort of privacy-focused contact tracing app. We talked a little bit about Singapore's efforts uh, to 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 keep a lid on the growth of coronavirus through contact tracing. But specifically, what what exactly is Apple and Google doing? They're they're putting certain technology into their operating systems, their respective operating systems, iOS and Android. But what exactly is going into those? Uh, those OSs with these updates. Yeah, so it's it's really interesting. A lot of this, if if you're into the nerd language, is uh, a lot of they're actually building new APIs that they're going to make available to app developers, and then they're also going to build this um, directly into the operating system. So iOS and Android, uh, I ostensibly I would assume by the fall if they keep with their regular schedules that they always do every year, um, will have this actually baked in. So that in theory, it won't just be coronavirus. If we have another threat of some sort, people will be able to actually build apps around that much faster uh, as well. And the timing that you mentioned, you know, this coming out in the fall, I mean, is it, I guess, is the risk there that this is all happening too little, it's too little too late for the coronavirus? Is this really more about the next pandemic? I, I, it's hard to tell. I mean, look, Realistically, software takes a long time to create. And I know we're used to this kind of nonstop schedule of new major software updates every year from Apple and Google. That's really kind of crazy um, and hard to pull off. And oftentimes there's, there's features that they've been working on for years that then show up each year. So to think, oh, let's throw a bunch of people at it and boom, we'll have an answer in a week. It's just not realistic. I mean, look how often we see stuff fail and screw up. And let's not even mention privacy problems when things are rushed. So to me, you know, this is actually pretty fast. And I'm curious to see. Um, look, I mean, obviously it feels too slow because we want something now. But I'm curious to see what this turns into over time. Well, and you talked about the, the privacy aspect of this, right? The, oftentimes, tech moves so quickly, they don't think about the privacy implications. You know, already there's some folks out there kind of talking about that, expressing some concerns. Like, what are some of the privacy implications of, you know, the, the technology they're putting into the, their OSs? Yeah, the biggest concern that you will hear from advocates is the concern that we might turn into a surveillance state overnight. And I know that sounds a little alarmist, but the reality is that we're talking about offering a way for, in theory, the government to track your location and your interactions with people. And if that doesn't feel 1984 to you, I don't know what is. But this is for a good reason. 
and ostensibly, right? And so one of the challenges uh, that Google and Apple said that they plan to overcome is making sure that this has a respect of transparency and consent. So people can choose when to be a part of it, they can choose not to, but that introduces its own problems. Um, we actually heard today from the uh, from Singapore that despite the government is has this big public campaign to have people download their contact tracing app, which is similar to what Apple and Google are working on, only about one in six people in Singapore have actually done it. And I and you know I bet at least a couple of them are concerned about privacy. Definitely, and one of the developers in charge of that Singapore contact tracing app. Jason Bay, you know, put out a Medium blog post today just talking about how, you know, beyond the privacy aspects that really these kinds of techniques using an app really is is no substitute for, you know, human effort because the, or the human factor because traditionally contact tracing has been done by humans, right? It's it's a very painstaking work and when it comes to something like this to a, to a pandemic this large, it's important but also that's when it becomes a real dilemma, right? Like it's not scalable to have so few humans actually doing the contact tracing when uh, something like coronavirus spreads so quickly. Yeah, I think it's really telling that uh, if we think of other things that have been automated, uh, think of the census 2020 that's going on here in the United States. Um, they have the website, uh, you know, full disclosure, my wife and I use the website to fill out our census. But at the same time, they also have uh, people with phones that they're going to send out to fill out the census if you don't. So there's there's kind of this mix of technology and human interaction. And I think that, you know, a lot of people thought, oh, well, we'll all download these apps and we'll all use this because it's for the greater good. But reality is not everyone has a smartphone that's capable. Uh, and also not everyone's going to be on board with this plan because they're concerned about uh, all sorts of stuff, including privacy. So we do need some other answer here, uh, at least to figure this stuff out for the coronavirus. And to be clear, you know, Apple and Google aren't, they're not creating their own apps. They're just basically setting up the foundation, allowing or giving out the tools for developers to build a contact tracing app, perhaps by the government or other or other parties. But it's not like it's Apple and Google necessarily pushing contact tracing. They're just making this happen, correct? Well, they are making a big, they're putting a stake in the ground that they're supporting this idea pretty right. hard. I mean, to throw this many people at it uh, and to make this kind of announcement so quickly, you have to think about it for a moment. Like, <laughs> we really only found out that we were going to start shutting down this country, what, 30, 45 days ago? I know it feels like a year already, but, you know, that is a really fast timeline. And the idea that they could start coming out with stuff in May, which again, it's not that far away, uh, shows that they are throwing a lot of resources at this and believe that at the very minimum, it's something that people are going to really want to use. For sure. But again, it, it will depend on the uh, the app and, and how many people actually download and use the app, and whether it's privacy concerns, whether it's technology concerns. Um, you're, you're, not, you're not ever going to get that kind of full breadth of, uh, of information or data that you could really utilize to you know, pause or, or, or slow down the spread of the coronavirus, right? Yeah. And I mean, at the end of the day, the answer is that we need to have multiple ways that we attack this problem. And technology is really just going to be one of them. But 
uh, it can't be the only one. And, and that's something I think we're really learning out of Singapore, which is a place where people, uh, by and large, really go along with the government plan a lot. And here, they're really struggling to. And that wraps things up. You can check out Ian's story on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or leave us a voicemail at 862-250-5713. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening. <laughs>